Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. To get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Do you really think we can? Oh my! Well, it's another Tuesday night, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. The world is definitely trying to get it together, and uh, actually it feels more like it's flying apart right now, uh, especially last week uh, with all the happenings that uh, have gone down um, lately with, uh, oh my, you know, with the police shootings and then then the shootings in Dallas. Um, We have... uh, this uh, this racist, uh, uh, ugly thing has risen its head one more time, and uh, we think we keep uh, we think we keep getting this, and we never do. It uh, keeps showing up again, and and uh, so of course it's been headlines in the news for a number of days now, and uh, so our guest tonight is. Uh, uh, is back, and uh, we, we've had him a couple times already, uh, but I just thought of this guest because I know he's had some very practical experience working in his particular community trying to piece together uh, blacks and whites and, and uh, Hispanics and many different races and cultures uh, Wayne has ended up having at his doorstep, which oddly enough, uh, in a little town like Modesto, California, um, is where all this has taken place. But Wayne has learned some uh, lessons that uh, I hope that he's, he's going to share some of that with us. I know he's not an expert, but he uh, he has experience. And um, uh, I think probably one of the one of the most important things about Wayne uh, that I think gives him a, 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 a right to speak to this issue today is that uh, he was he was awarded the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Award, um, the only white person to to be given that award. And I I, I looked at some of the videos of of the event where he was presented this award and. It was very obvious there was a lot of love coming his way from the black community in this area. So I can tell you Wayne's done some some magic somehow. I know he won't claim any of it. He'll say it's the Lord. But, um, but maybe he can help to maybe give us some ways to repair uh, this obvious damage that's been done. So... Wayne Bridegroom, our guest, uh, pastor uh, in uh, uh, Modesto, California. Wayne, welcome. Thank you so much, John. It's good to be back. Always wonderful to hear your voice. And 
I try to listen to your program on Tuesday evenings as often as possible. That's great. That's great. Well, it's uh, it's just beginning to be a lot of fun for me. I, I just really love sharing uh, people with our audience, and um, and most of the people are, are special people in my life, too, personally. Of course, uh, uh, a lot of you may not know this, but but uh, Wayne was one of my roommates in college. We we were actually sweet mates together. When you say sweet, we there were there were four of us that shared two rooms and a bathroom in the middle. And uh, Wayne was across the bathroom. So uh, <laughs> we we had we had, we, oh yeah we had some great times together. And uh, little little would I think that uh, we would be talking today on uh, on Blog Talk Radio about racism in America. Um, that's a that's that's pretty surprising, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Well, God God is good, and y- y- you know He's full of surprises. So we have to be willing to go with the flow. Yep, yep. So you know what, Wayne? What is all this week? telling us what what is this week telling us uh about racism in this country well i i think you already said it john and that is you know it's it's always been there it's just uh, rearing up its uh, uh ugly head again um it just i i mean it just it's it's very 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 uh sad um i i mean you you just can't help but cry for uh the families and friends you know of the uh uh two men who were uh, killed by white officers you can't help but cry for the families and friends of the five dallas uh uh, uh policemen it's just um it's just a very sad state of affairs. Um, it, it, if there's a silver lining in this thing, John, it, it's it's that this stuff is being brought to the surface. And, uh, you know, when stuff is swept under the carpet, you pretend it's not there. But when it's out from mm-hmm. under the carpet, as obviously as, as this is, then it's like, oh, wow we you know we need to we need to deal with this and so uh, i i just man i i i hope that um well and yeah. there's a degree to which that is happening across the nation and and, and i rejoice in that but it's uh, it's going to be a long long road i mean you know we were in high school and college when president johnson signed those three bills back in the 60s, mm-hmm. uh, Civil Rights right. Bill and, and, you know, Voting Rights Act and the Housing Rights Act. And and um, and things have improved since then, but 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 the racism is is still there. And um, it's just it's sad. And there are there are a lot, a lot of reasons for it, frankly. Yeah, is it? Uh, it's probably always going to be there in some form. Isn't it, Yes, I I think so. I I I found in in dealing with the Asian churches that have been part of our ministry for three decades now, uh, I have found the same thing there. The um, uh, um, 
the Laotian people are looked down upon by the Thai people because, you know, we in Thailand, we're just superior. And then the Lao people, they look down on the mountain people, whether they be Hmong or Mien or Lua or Tin or whatever it may be, you know. It just, so I, I mean, this, this bit of racism is not um, uh, an American thing. It's, unfortunately, it's it's a worldwide phenomena. Yeah. Uh, I think probably it's, uh, you know, it's going to be there mainly because of our differences, um, different different colors, different cultures, and then mm-hmm. the, the, the the systemic differences that uh, mm-hmm. you know the whole the whole black community, for instance, in, in America, white people just don't even understand it. There's that's a whole nother world um, that yeah. that we don't we don't get, and uh, it's very hard for. I mean, just listen to a little rap music, you know. <laughs> And, yes. and you go, what what's going on here? You know, uh, this is a world, or watch one of the movies like Compton. Um, you, and you find out it, it, it might as well be uh, another culture, a world away, uh, because it's it's so different. And here we are, yet we're trying to live right up next to each other, aren't we? Yes, yes, we we are, and and I I guess I guess John, the thing about uh, well, one of the things about all of this that bothers me the most is it seems to me that um, the church is just simply not stepping up to the plate uh, mm-hmm. like you know like we ought to. I. Um, as near as I understand Middle Eastern Palestinian culture in the days of the New Testament, my goodness, for for women to be in in a worship service with men was just utterly countercultural. And then you have Greeks together with Jews. Just I I mean that's the same as a black white issue here. You know you have the Scythians, barbarians. I just you know, I, I I wonder what in the world that church at Ephesus or the church at uh, uh, Philippi, Corinth, that had to be difficult because, well, I mean, even if you go back to um, the church at Antioch, you know, where they were praying and Paul and Barnabas are sent out, you know, and and mm-hmm. and you read the five names there, that that's a pretty countercultural group in itself. It's like. How in the – it's no wonder – I mean, sometimes we will want to say, oh, yeah, the New Testament church, look at all the problems they had in Corinth, blah, 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 blah. And, I mean, now that i am you know, been pastoring for over 40 years, it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I can appreciate those problems. Look at all the differences, you know. You're mm. upper crust of society, you're lower crust of society, Jews hating Greeks, Greeks hating Jews, women is virtually nothing more than chattel, and they're all together in the same church. My goodness, you even have Philemon and his slave Onesimus in the same congregation. How in the world can that be? And Wow. Um, so uh, 
I can I can understand you know <laughs> why the Apostle Paul was was writing the letters he was he was writing and I don't know we at least in America we just seem to have segregated ourselves to well you know there's black churches and there are white churches and Asian churches and Latino churches and very very rarely do we ever cross paths. Wow. So uh, compared to the early church, you're saying we're we're missing it. By a, Seems by a to white be we are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and, and the other, the other thing, John, is, um, you know, well, how do I? There's no right way to say it. We say we believe the scripture, okay? And mm-hmm. and in believing the scripture, we say we believe that all people are created in the image of God. And yet, when push comes to shove, there is this thing that that we were born with, uh, I, uh, that we grew up with, and it is so much a part of, of uh, white culture mm. that we don't even recognize it, and, and it's called um, uh, American exceptionalism, or the history books would call it, uh, back in the 1800s, the mm. white man's burden, you know, the burden of the mm. white man, you know, to pick up Africa, Latin America, and Asia, because... Oh, those poor suckers! They just didn't know how to do it like we knew how to do it, and it's it's. Um, mm. I may have told you this before, John. I give you a a not so pretty example out of my own conservative Baptist denomination, and that is we we had a pastor here in Northern California who several years ago uh, uh, read a book on church planting, and and uh, became so um, convicted of the need for, for church planting that he had this great idea. He would go down to Honduras, where we have a work, and he would teach, you know, the folks down there in Honduras how to plant churches. And so he goes, you know, he goes down there, and, and who's he working with? Well, he's working with Umberto del Arca. Umberto had planted 64 churches, and yet this white guy from Northern California who has not planted a single church, but he read a book, goes down to Honduras to teach Umberto, who's planted 64 churches, how to plant churches. I, I mean, it's just – white white arrogance is just I, – I, it, it's, it's, it's part of us, and we don't – and we don't – we just don't see it because it is so deeply, deeply ingrained. Yeah. How, boy, that just makes when when you just started talking right away, you started talking about the early church and all of the cultures and and languages and and the mixed up people all together. Uh, boy, that just made me that made me hungry for that. Um, how, how oh, it's could, good. I'm how I'm the most fortunate pos- pastor in Modesto. How can we make, that happen? <laughs> uh, can we make yeah. that happen here? You know, in, um, in 2016 well, yeah. in America. Very deliberately and very, yeah, very deliberately and very slowly. Um, hmm. you, you just, uh, John. The the only reason I have been able to do that. Is because I 
I really don't know. I was 30, 35 years ago, uh, Central Baptist made a decision that we were not going to leave the neighborhood. Uh, you know, the neighborhood was changing from blue-collar white to a multinational, multilinguistic uh, neighborhood. And uh, we just, you know, I mean, uh, all but there, there's only one other basically white church left on our side of the tracks. All, all the rest have, have left. And we just made a decision we were going to stay. And and when you make a decision you're going to stay, you're forced to deal with the situation, I guess, is one way of mm-hmm. looking at it. The other way of looking at it is you're, you're blessed to be able to uh, uh, be in that kind of a setting. Um, and and as an individual and, and as a church, we have just been so uh, incredibly blessed – because we have learned so much from fellow believers of different cultures whose way of going about things is is different than ours um just just an example with the the Hmong folks that um uh, uh that we worship with uh, they're a much much larger congregation than we are but you know what uh, they do not have a clue as to how many people are in their church, but they do have 37 families. Now, mm. I'm, I'd be will, I'd be willing to bet that every white church in America could tell you how many people are in their church or what their membership is, but I but I doubt that they could tell you how many families are in their church. It's just mm. it's just a different way of of looking at things. And and boy oh boy do they ever know how to throw parties when when their elderly people turn eighty and then my wife and I were just at one um, maybe four months ago when one of the gentlemen turned ninety and you know I mean they they honor their elderly and unfortunately mm. we Americans tend to we don't honor yeah. our elderly very well we uh, we 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 honor the youth you know and so I mean there's just it. But I don't know. It's 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 different, yeah. but man, it's it's lovely. And I I I just never would have caught on had I not been in the circumstances that I I'm in. So yeah. for yeah. for other pastors to do it who are already on quote unquote the good side of the tracks, it, it's it's very very difficult because uh, uh, number one. Um, the truth of the matter is, you know, they don't have a clue about black culture or Latino culture or Asian culture. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit about Latino because they love tacos and burritos. Okay, but you know, uh, um, it 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 really doesn't go much deeper than that. And the the neighbors that they may have that are people of color. Are are those who are uh, very middle class, and if I can if I can put it this way, they are they're they're just not so very much black, or they're not so very much Asian, or they're not so very much Latino anymore. They're 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 more white. Mm. In many ways, they mm. do things quote like white people do things, and and um, I'm just. Mm. I'm just not too sure that that's the Jesus style. I, you know, God is so big that uh, I think He revels in all the different worship styles, 
you know, there there are. Mm-hmm. And so for the pastors that are, quote, in, in the suburbs, you know, on the in the quote unquote good mm-hmm. locations, um, it is a it's a much tougher road to hoe than what mm-hmm. I had. I be, because I I, I just you, you know when 1980 well, hit, boy, we were inundated with Southeast Asian refugees, and then lately we've been inundated with uh, Latino people, and and now the African American people that lived on the north side of Paradise Road, and that is the Paradise Road of the old movie American Graffiti fame. Uh, they have now moved to the south side of Paradise Road, you know, and and so, you know, I just, it's like, okay, here we are, you know, let's get to know one another and appreciate one another and, and, and realize that we we really are made in the image of God and and that means mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I can learn from you. That means that I'm not better than you. That means that l- let's put our hand mm. to the plow together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, and let me tell you, John, real here's another right story there. that here's another story that illustrates it. When the Laotian Church came to us in. When was that? 1983. No, 84. September of 84. The the reason they came is because they had been kicked out of one church that they were in here in Modesto, um, basically due to cultural misunderstandings. And so they were then meeting at one of the parks, and, and the pastor went to two other churches in town here, and 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 was told yes we would be glad to have you but you've got to work under us you've got to do things the way we tell you to do them well mm. come on man their 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 pastor was a southern baptist trained evangelist it's not as if this guy was a dummy you know he was not a biblical dummy he was and and he was a born leader and and it, but i mean it was again this this American, this white sense of superiority—you've you've got to submit mm-hmm. to us and do things our way. And by the time he came, you know, to us, uh, you know, after after talking to Montian for a while, I just said, "Well, look, I tell you what—we're a conservative Baptist church. You're a Southern Baptist church, and I realize there are some small differences there, but you, but." I just I don't care about that. As long as you preach Jesus, I'm happy. Just preach Jesus and we're going to do fine. And I mean, they've been with us since they've been with us for 43 years now. Or mm. yeah, since 80, 83, 33 years. And and uh, I don't know I don't know I don't know where I got the idea, but I I I mean I remember saying to Montian, God speaks Lao every bit as well as He speaks English, so you just mm. listen to what God tells you to do, and and anyway, man, it's been it hasn't been without its ups and downs, John, but uh, you know because there have been cultural differences. So Sunday school was Sunday school was. Oh man, it was so difficult for years because they did not have any Sunday school teachers, and so their children, who spoke English because they were in grammar school, uh, you know, would come into our classes. But the thing is, is that 
in the Laotian culture, the uncles do the job of disciplining the children. And, and in that church, there were some uncles who were not Christians, and so they didn't come to church. But the parents who were Christians brought their you know, kids, but there wasn't an uncle there to tell them they had to go to Sunday school. And so we would have we we would have about half of the Laotian kids in Sunday school, and the other half were, you know, they were just out playing in the in the lawn area, and and it didn't matter what what we said, it didn't matter what their parents said, it didn't matter what the Laotian pastor said, we couldn't get them into Sunday school, and well, because the <laughs> uncle wasn't there to make them do it, <laughs> you know. So I mean, there, wow. there were there. There were some frustrations, yeah. but, but you know, I got a letter actually yesterday in the mail from uh, Dana K. Kanak, who now lives in Florida, and she says, guess what, Pastor Wayne, I'm getting married, and we're getting married in Walnut Creek. I really want you to officiate the wedding next year. Can you do that for me? I mean, she was just a little tyke, you know, as a second and third grader wow. in the Sunday school class that Beth and I taught, and so... Um, anyway yeah there are there are there are cultural hurdles but but we have to we have to approach culture with uh um with humility uh uh, rather Mm -hmm. than thinking that american culture is is god's culture if i can put it that way (laughs) you know uh I think you've already touched on this, but, um, you know, the, the thing that really caught my eye was an email you sent to me uh, last week and where you said what we need is the willingness to do the hard work of honest, respectful, racial understanding. Um, uh, can you just tell me a little bit of what that looks like and what, what is the hard work of honest, respectful, racial understanding, and how? What is some of that you did? Let's think especially about the the, the black community there, in which you know you, has accepted you. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the what's the some of the hard work you had to do there? Uh, the first thing was is we stayed. Okay. Um, I. I I, I don't I don't know how else to put it. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you and I were in high school and college in the '60s, and that was the time when when uh, well, it started in the '50s, of course. But when white folks were were moving out of downtowns, out to the suburbs, and so on and so forth, you know, because black people were moving in and and property values were going down, and da 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 da, the story went, you know, but. Uh, uh, I, the, a lot of the reason that that I and and our church has the respect it does from the black community is is just simply because we have stayed and that I can't even begin to tell you but that speaks volumes it just speaks volumes to um, uh, African American people and then I, the other thing. Um, Frankly, it is is I I have looked at my my black brothers and sisters in the same way that uh, I have the Asians, and that is that I, I'm no better than you. We, we are together in this 
you are every bit as good, every bit as knowledgeable, every bit as wise as as I will ever be. Uh, you, you know, as human beings, we know it might it doesn't have to be said. We know when someone is looking down their nose at us, and uh, mm. and I have just worked really, really hard at not doing that with uh, uh, my uh, mm. black brothers and sisters, and. Man, I've I've got to tell you. I, I mean, I was at the Modesto clergy uh, Modesto clergy um, gathering today, which is um, a group of clergy that meet with a police chief once a month because we don't want what blew up in Ferguson, Missouri. We don't want that to happen mm-hmm. here in Modesto. And and um, um, you know, it it, it would have been. It would have been nice if you could have been a fly on the wall, John, um, as we mm. were going around with the uh, police chief um, uh, talking about national e- events, and 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 to hear the the wisdom of these black pastors uh, in regard to mm. the the national situation in in light of scriptural teaching. I I mean. I mean, these guys. These guys are good. <laughs> they, are, <laughs> man, they're good. And and you know, but it's like, well, okay, it's it's the, you know, here's Pastor Wayne. He's the white guy, <laughs> and and everybody else is African American. And you know, every once in another, every once in a while, we'll get another, you know, Anglo uh, uh, to show up. But I have just. Um, I have just learned to to uh, appreciate uh, uh, their their biblical wisdom so much, and I think another thing is is to some degree I know their stories, and and mm. several of them have mm. faced police brutality, and to see that the way that they honestly uh, struggle with forgiveness, and then. Sometimes when it gets to be too much, you can see you can see that anger begin to well up in them, you know. But you can also see the grace of God welling up in them in terms of, okay, I've got to give this over to God again, kind of a thing. I mean, these guys have had experiences that I uh, nothing nothing even remotely close to that has ever happened to me, and um, I just man, just just to. I appreciate them so much. I just I, I love them so mm. deeply, and uh, and and they they just they treat me they they treat me as one of their own. I um, mm. I was at a um, conference with Jim Anderson, who uh, uh, is a pastor of Christian Love Baptist Church. It's just about a stone's throw from our church building. And uh, he's African American, and 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 in the front up by the baptistry, you've got. Peter walking on water, you know that scene, and guess what color Jesus is, <laughs> and Peter, <laughs> you know they're 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 not white guys. <laughs> anyway, I was in Halifax, Nova Scotia with with Jim here a couple years ago, and um, uh, uh, we were there um, uh, on a Sunday and and went to a uh, uh, a black church, and then afterwards went out to lunch with with one of the members there, and and as they were. As we were talking, um, I mean, Jim wanted to know about the issue of race in Canada, and um, 
and it was real interesting. This this Canadian black guy, he he looked at me, and, and he didn't say anything. But the I knew what he was thinking. It was like, do I dare talk about this in front of a white guy? You, you know, and 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 Jim said, no, it's it's it, it's okay. He understands. He's one of us. And so you know, then this guy went on to talk about the largest non-nuclear explosion of the 20th century that happened in Halifax Harbor and 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 it's too long of a story to tell here but uh just the way blacks in Canada were were treated at it just it's it's a horrid it's a shameful shameful story but uh anyway it was like you know I mean Jim Anderson stood up for me it was like you know I'm I'm a white guy but it's but but we can do black talk, if you want to put it that way, in front of this white guy because he's not going to condemn you. Mm. Mm. But that did not happen uh, overnight, John. That's be, that's because John. Yeah. That's because you, you know Jim and I have been friends for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. And Wayne, haven't you haven't you done some you and your church done some things in the local community to help? Um, uh, improve their their lives from from just a basic understanding. Uh, yeah, yeah. There. Uh, Do I remember uh, you guys doing some stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, John. Um, um, some of it has been, if you want, this is a bad word to use, but churchy. Some of it has been churchy stuff. Um, uh, mm-hmm. in t- uh, uh, we we basically had the only significant uh, uh, children's and youth program uh, in mm-hmm. in West Modesto for years, and uh, we had all kinds of of um, kids there um, uh, of of you know every color, and <clears throat> at any rate, uh, we 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 earned a lot of of uh, respect for that, and then. Um, we have since gone on to uh, um, other stuff, such as um, uh, getting street lights in our neighborhood. Uh, yeah. uh, we, we, you know, we were in a county island, and there no no sidewalks, no curb and gutter, no street drainage, no uh, street lights. You know, and so uh, we worked on on that project as a church. Uh, let me see, that was a, cool. I think a two hundred and eighty five acre area so a, a lot a lot of homes and and we voted to tax ourselves uh or or to allow the county to tax us you know so that we could get um uh street lights in and um uh it's going slow but right now we're 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 doing the same thing with self-help enterprises uh to uh, uh try to get uh curb and gutter and and street drainage in so i i mean it's 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 not it's not typical church stuff, but you know, it's, it's where my people live and, and, you know, we've got to get sewer in. We've got septic tanks that were all put in before the, uh, uh, before the, uh, before World War II. And it's like, Mm. come on, septic tanks only last so long. And, you know, before they start (laughs) poisoning groundwater and everything else. And uh, so uh, we've just, we've had to get, we just had to get involved in in a lot of different things and you know as a as a result of that 
you gain you gain not only the respect of the community and of the black church, uh, but uh, frankly, even the gangbangers. Probably about a year ago, uh, we we, we have a basketball thing in our parking lot, and the Hmong people called me on a Sunday afternoon. They were leaving, and there were four black men playing basketball in, you know, in our parking lot, and it's like, uh, don't worry about it. I'll come down there and talk to them. So anyway, Beth and I went down there and talked to them. And man, one of them started mouthing off uh, uh, at me. And the and there was but there was another guy who was the leader of the group who said, "Shut up! Don't you know what this church does in the neighborhood here? <laughs> you know." So I mean, wow. if a church wants to be protected, it's the gangbangers. <laughs> it's you know because they were part of the the the, the Rose Lawn. What do they call it? Um, uh, uh, 100, 100 block Rose Lawn. It's part of a, a Norteño gang, and I, I mean, we literally have not had graffiti problems because uh, uh, even you know, even the gang bangers, they want good for their little brothers and sisters, and 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 when the church when the church is involved in the lives of kids. And young people, hmm. and involved in in the needs of of, of the neighborhood, uh, man. If you want church protection, just ask the gangbangers. They'll 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 protect the church. Wow, wow, that's cool. Well, gosh, our time is. We've actually gone a little over time, but I uh, just I really this is so great. I I just in the last couple minutes here. Let's think about most of okay. Most of the, our catch audience people who are going to be listening to this um they didn't get a chance like you did to stay um they they're already on the other side like a mm-hmm. lot of us are and um mm-hmm. what what can we do wayne is there anything we can do uh to help mm. this whole situation well I mean, the first answer, obviously, is is we need to pray, okay, um, uh, and and certainly be praying for uh, uh, um, the, the the families and, and and friends of all those involved in the uh, uh, shootings mm-hmm. uh, uh, last week. Um, um, beyond that, though, you know, there I, I would have. Three other suggestions. The the the, the big one, um, uh, or the most nondescript one. Let's put it that way, is just to you, you have to take time to deliberately make friends with African American people or Latino people, whatever it might be, um, who do not live in your neighborhood. Um, and I I know that it's scary to go to poor neighborhoods um because i i've had people tell me that all they you know they don't want to come to my church because they don't you know they're scared of my side of town um uh but um there 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 are places probably starting with the schools you know that uh uh, one can begin to make uh, Mm -hmm. friendships and i'm i'm not talking about oh let's go out to lunch together I, i mean I've been in this thing for 43 years, so I'm talking about a long haul kind of a thing. I think I think another thing, John, is is 
there's this uh, Black Lives Matter movement across America, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, um, if it remains uh, uh, peaceful, uh, you know, in the sense of of uh, like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, um, you know, let's jump on board because it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, you know, all lives matter. I, you know, I I understand that. But when you come to the United mm-hmm. States of America, it's black lives matter the least. It just that's just a pure, plain historical and contemporary sad fact. And uh, and and, mm-hmm. and and if any of your listeners, you know, want to jump in on that, my suggestion would be. You know, you just go with open ears and you listen and 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 mm. you don't go in with a superior attitude. You 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 go to you you just go humbly to learn. Um, mm. The other thing is, um, man, I would suggest reading Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow. Um, she is one sharp cookie. I heard her speak about three years ago, and uh, 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 your your uh, uh, listeners can just Google in Michelle Alexander and and pick up a number of her uh, uh, speeches. But uh, she's a she's a Stanford trained lawyer who is now a professor uh, at Ohio State University, and that gal is shell is is sharp as a tack. And she she's got her facts down, baby, and um, uh, in regard to what she calls the new Jim Crow, which in essence is on my side of the tracks what we call the school to prison pipeline. You can bet your bottom dollar that the prison industry knows which third graders, and I am not kidding, I'm not exaggerating, they know which third graders are going to end up in the prison system, and they build prisons based on that. That literally happens here in California. And and um, anyway, uh, Michelle Alexander's book, just it, it, it goes into more depth than I could uh, ever go into, but I would urge your readers to... Uh, to get her book, she 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 is she's she's a sharp sharp gal. Okay, all right, that sounds great, and and very practical. Um, I just I really appreciate this, Blaine. Um, and of course, we'll we'll all be praying, praying for our country right now, praying for mm-hmm. for Christians to, Christians to rise up and mm-hmm. be loving and embracing and forgiving um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that try and hold our neighborhoods together, that that the, ch- that, that the church would really be the church. Um, that's that's really, I think, what we, we need to be hoping and praying for. Um, yeah, well, John, I just, you know, yeah. I gave you that phrase that we pastors here in Modesto use, uh, about we can only move forward at the speed of trust, mm. and the black community wow. no no more trusts police departments than the man in the moon, and 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 blacks don't trust whites, whites don't trust blacks, and we have to build sufficiently deep relationships that we really do trust one another, we really do hear one another, you know, 
were listening not just to the words but to the hearts of 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 the people that's mm-hmm. that's the hard work that we have to do. yeah i can call it hard but you know what it's it's a real joy too it's cuz you know mm-hmm. i'm the one that gets enriched by it <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Wayne. Uh, this is this has been really helpful. And uh, uh, you know, I, I I like those three things too. You said early on that uh, you said I can I can learn from you. I'm not better than you. And let's put our hand to the plow and work together. Uh, Amen. There's there's that sounds that sounds great. And to whatever degree we can. And get, it sounds like it's going to take time. It's going to take time, but we got to build real relationships with people in order to mm-hmm. heal um, our Amen. neighborhoods. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So thanks, Wayne. Thank you. God bless. And, God uh, bless you, John. Yeah, Always God. good to talk with you. Okay. Fantastic. Alrighty. Take care. Bye now. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, I can learn from you. I'm not better than you. Let's put our hands to the plow and work together. Um, these are these are tough times, but um, let's uh, let's do what we can to to be real neighbors, to see the image of God in everyone, to reach across and to make friends wherever we can. Um, uh, that seems like uh, the message that's coming out here. God bless. Thank you. Thank Wayne. Thank you for listening. Uh, Keep praying for our country and for our church. Amen. Take care.